0: So if you have your Bible with you, please turn to the Gospel of Mark. Uh, It's the second of the four Gospels. It'll be about three-fourths of the way through your Bible, if you're turning there. We're going to be reading in Mark chapter 10. Four verses, one of my favorite stories from Jesus' life. Uh, Mark chapter 10, we'll start in verse 13. Let us receive the word of God for us this morning. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Amen. Uh, Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father Almighty, uh, we come before you so thankful for your word, for the opportunity we have to approach you, to approach your truth this morning. Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes, that we would see, our ears, that we would hear. Open our minds, that we come to know and understand your word and your will. Open our hearts, that we would feel its power then in response, we ask, oh God, that you would open our hands, that we would, as your people, offer grace to, to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, at times, uh, I've heard people uh, chuckle or whisper about me, uh, Jason is such a big kid uh and and i understand that i do have some of those big kid tendencies i was the first person to go down the slide of our indoor playground when it was built uh and by the way it's awesome it's like super fast and so if you as an adult haven't had that opportunity whenever no kids are on the playground you should climb up and go down the slide it's great. On Wednesday, I was reminded on that, of that once again. We came in for student ministry, and, and I was here to be with the, uh, the, the junior high and high school students, and we thought we were going to play uh, uh, Jungle Pong. If you've never seen it, it's a magnificent game. We take up all the chairs in this section, and it's a huge game of, of Jungle Pong, of ping pong in this entire section of the sanctuary. I uh, love to teach you the game. It's so much fun. But then the kids uh, rebelled against that game, much to some of the students' chagrin, and decided. It's so beautiful. We need to go outside and play. So we went outside to play trash ball. but it had rained on Wednesday, right? Wednesday morning, it had rained. Uh, fortunately, the, the new sports field is, is crowned, and so it wasn't puddling. And so we went out there. I took off my shoes and socks. I rolled up my pants like I was Huckleberry Finn, and I walked out there and sloshed around and played trash ball with the kids. Now, all of you uh, adults are wondering, what the heck is trash ball? I have no clue what you're talking about. That's not a game. You just made it up. You're correct. I made that game up, but it's the best game ever. So uh, I-, I am a little bit of a big kid, but, but I'm okay with that. I love, uh, I love the opportunity to-, to embrace my inner child, I invite you to do the same. And it's so easy for us to see Jesus's invitation in that respect as well. One of the great honors of my life uh, was getting to know uh, a young girl named Molly May, Molly May LeBlanc. Uh, I was able to meet Molly May uh, whenever she was uh, two years old and she uh, was afflicted with a, a, a genetic disease that attacked her kidney and, and so doing her liver as well. And her family, uh, Jill and Andy LeBlanc... Uh, By the way, there there are three kids uh, that have touched my life uh, in the most profound ways, in addition to my biological kids, and I keep their pictures on my desk. This is Molly May. I know you can't see her, but I get to see her smiling, beautiful face every day as I sit in my office because she means the world to me. Molly May... uh, just had uh, a generosity of spirit and such a loving personality and I was so blessed to have her receive me into her family you know how kids do that sometimes when a kid will respond to you and even though like they should be suspicious of you because you're a suspicious stranger uh, they still find a way to like love you and you could feel the depth of that love that made it even more painful for me whenever uh she was four years old uh, in the summer of 2017. Uh, Molly Mae passed away. Molly Mae was uh, a part of this church. She was baptized here. I had the privilege of baptizing her. Her parents were loved on and cared for by this community of faith, and, uh, and it was the most challenging experience of my life to minister to a family, to fall so deeply in love with one of God's children and then to have the uh, incredible responsibility of presiding over her funeral. So what do you do? What do you say at a funeral for a four-year-old? I prayed and prayed, just met with the Lord, kind of crippled in the the weightiness of that. And the Lord led me to a a passage of Scripture. It's repeated in Luke and in Mark, and, and this is it. And this is the first time that I have uh, that I have preached uh, or taught on this passage since Molly May's funeral in 2017. And I remember, like, I, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever be able to like look at this passage in the same way. Because what the Lord did when he revealed this scripture to me is is he showed me the the, the two uh, spaces of comparison that Jesus uh, invited us into in this passage. Uh, In verse 14, he he says directly to his disciples, for the kingdom of God belongs to uh, those such as these. And it's interesting, basically what he's saying is the kingdom of God belongs to children like these. And it's repeated in a, in another framework in verse fifteen. He says, "Anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it." And 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 I got I got to tell you, whenever I hear that. Uh, I initially say, I want to enter the kingdom of God. Uh, you want to enter the kingdom of God. This is, this is an obvious invitation, and Jesus is thus inviting all of us. He says, I know that this is something that, that you want to participate in. I want you to participate in it. But if you want to, to enter the kingdom of God, you have to be like a little child. Now, there are things uh, that little children do that, that I don't uh, necessarily think Jesus is, um, is like weighing in on here. Like, like the tantrum that your four-year-old threw this morning as you had them get ready for church, that's not the like a little child that Jesus is speaking about. He's not wanting you to lay on the ground and kick and scream, right? Right? Uh, or whenever your child like backtalks you, rolls your eyes, and then goes upstairs and slams the door. That's not what Jesus is talking about either. But the reason why the Lord revealed this scripture to me as I was preparing for Molly Mae's funeral is because there are so many qualities of children, and specifically for me, Molly Mae, that I believe were reflected in this. Because if we're to be like children then we need to ask what are children like, like the best of children, uh, the, the most profound uh, impact that children can have. And, and, and there were a few characteristics that I lifted up in that message. Uh, Molly May was, was a young child that, that, that created space of belonging for uh, everyone she encountered. It was unbelievable to watch. Not only did she create space of belonging for me, but she also created space of belonging for the nurses in the hospital that cared for her, Uh, for the custodian uh, that, that mopped the floors down the hallway. She built a relationship with them, knew them by name, and would introduce them to everyone else on the floor to make sure that, 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 that no one was unseen, that no one was invisible, but everyone was able to belong in the family of God. And I believe that that's, that's an indelible characteristic of Molly Mae and of children that, that we should replicate. And if we're going to be like a child, then we're to be like a people that creates space of belonging for others. Molly May also had a contagious joy, and it's so interesting. Her disease was not contagious, uh, but she was a contagious person. Uh, she had a contagious joy that just overwhelmed. She had a, a laugh that just resounded, a smile that was so bright it could light up any room. And when you're in a hospital with a bunch of children that are fighting for their lives, joy seems to be absent for the adults that are there. But for the children, specifically for Molly May, it was something that she just... Uh, she. She was uh, able to to share and to spread so generously. We need a world full of contagious joy, of people that are able to, to be light in darkness, to shine in the midst of challenges and trials. What is it for us to be like a child? Belonging, contagious joy. And teachers of God's word have been wrestling through how to define this throughout history because it seems like such a critical teaching from Jesus. Be like, be like a child. What are the characteristics of a child that you believe we are to emulate? We are to reflect in order to be recipients of the kingdom of god there's another characteristics that that that, that I think Jesus is alluding to here. And it, it, it comes to us because of the way that the, the passage is kind of uh, uh, brought into play in the midst of uh, broader teachings. Directly after this passage in the Gospel of Mark, we come across one of the, the more challenging passages of Scripture for us. It's the encounter between Jesus and the rich man who so desperately wants to, to enter into the kingdom of God. He wants to, uh, to have eternal life, to inherit eternal life. He says that in verse 17. And Jesus gives him some instructions from the Ten Commandments. And, and some of the Ten Commandments are left off there. And he says, the rich man says, I've done these things. What else do I have to do? And then Jesus says, give everything you have. Give it to the poor. And then you'll have treasure in heaven and follow me. You might remember the, this, this teaching and. In Mark uh, 10, 24, and 25, uh, this profound uh, uh, passage, it says that Jesus taught his disciples in these words. Are you ready? Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. So challenging. So profound. Now, I don't think it's by accident that Jesus opens that statement in verse 24 with the word referring to his disciples as children. Children, right after he said, you need to be like a child, right? And so, so he's inviting us to reflect the characteristics of children. One of those characteristics, I think, should be considered A posture of dependence on the Lord. To be absolutely clear that we are needy. No matter our financial circumstance, no matter our accumulation of assets, no matter the comforts of this life. If any of those comforts deter us from having a complete dependence on Jesus, then it is getting in the way of our salvation. We are dependent, needy people, broken, and, and absolutely uh, crying out to God for His provision. And here it, it's clear to me that Jesus wants us to acknowledge our dependence, our need, as we become like little children. Become like little children. This series' first. Love First love uh, calls us to be like children, but it also calls us to to see that Jesus not only teaches to be like children, but he also models what it looks like to welcome children and to bless children. You notice at the opening of that passage, here are the children and they're being brought by parents to Jesus' feet and and, and to uh, encounter Jesus. And what happens whenever parents bring their kids to Jesus? Jesus, the disciples say, you're too loud, you're too unruly, you're running in the sanctuary, you're not wearing the right clothes, you smell whatever it is, you left your phone ringer on, whatever it is. The disciples say, no, 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 Uh, you don't belong, you need to be excluded from Jesus' presence because he is too important To spend his time with you. False. Jesus absolutely rebukes that. He's indignant about that, it says. It's so interesting. It says that the disciples rebuked the parents for bringing the kids to Jesus. And then Jesus rebukes them because he's indignant that they would say these children don't belong with him. Got to tell you, one of my favorite moments of every worship service at Covenant is when we dismiss, dismiss the kids to Cove Kids, and no, it's not because we get rid of them. Uh, it is absolutely because I love to see the 35 to 45 to 50 kids that walk out those doors hungry to go meet with Jesus, who, whose parents have brought them to Jesus' feet, who are welcome here amongst the people of God. I got to tell you that, that one of the key vitality metrics of any church anywhere is how many kids are there in, uh, amongst the people of God. A church that is not ministering to children and students is falling short of Jesus' teaching and example. Jesus' teaching and example. See, after Jesus rebukes and is indignant because of the disciples' exclusion, he models. Inclusion of the kids, welcomes the kids to him, embraces them, and blesses them. What does it mean for us to be a people that embrace and bless children? to understand that they add value to our community, that they model for us critical components of who we are to be as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And through their joy, through their belonging, through their dependence, we can grow more into what Jesus wants us to be I want to invite you I want to invite you uh, to connect with the students here at Covenant I want to invite you to be a part of our Cove Kids ministry on Sunday mornings or on Wednesday nights not because we need you but because you need it I want you to be involved in the students' lives on Wednesday night. I want you to be here on Wednesday and run around with the kids and worship with the kids and hear and learn and grow with them, not because they need it, but because you need it. I want you to go on ski trip and mission trip. I want you to invest in their lives, not because they need it, but because you need it. Because Jesus taught if you are going to become like a child, you need to be with children. You need to be invested in them, and you need to know that they are invested in you in the same way. And it's not just what happens here at Covenant. I'm calling on you, the people of God, to coach, to mentor, to build relationships with, to be a space of warmth and welcome in your neighborhood for the other kids in your neighborhood. I'm calling on you to build relationships with these students. They desperately need it, and you do too. This generation, as much as any generation needs you the people of God and this is not something that we exempt out of when we get to a certain age it's not like I'm an empty nester now so I have done that thing and I'm able to move on from it false the kids still have something to to bless you with and you still have an offering of blessing for them as well We need to be an intergenerational people that are so crystal clear on our need for one another that we would never, ever fail to see that the kingdom of God is here and now And it's for every generation. Be like a child. It's hard to be like a child if you don't know the heart and the life and the likeness of a child. Let it happen here at Covenant, let it happen in your homes, let it happen in your community. And I just caught a glimpse uh, of some teachers in the room. So I just need to pause and offer a special word of thanks to our teachers. Your ministry and your profession is a blessing and is a response to the gospel. And we thank you and we honor you as you lift up this kingdom witness for us. May we follow in your footsteps. Let's pray together. Lord God, it is an extraordinary witness to imagine this scene. This scene where the demands of of uh, of connection and contact and relationship with your son, Jesus, our Savior, are so high. And, and it seems like there are so many priorities for, uh, for Jesus in that scene, so much that needs to be done, and yet you offer our, us, Lord, this clear witness of who we are to be as your followers. Lord, I pray, I pray that you would uh, clearly Open our hearts, open our lives to, to be uh, an offering, an outpouring upon the next generation. Lord, help us to be more and more uh, like an innocent, dependent child who uh, ushers in joy, uh, to be curious, to yearn, to grow, to, to desire learning and knowledge. Lord, help us to reflect these things. And we pray, Almighty God, that on that great day of judgment, you might say to us that we were so much like a child, so much like a child in our faith, in our confession, and in our hope. Father, as we continue in this time and space of worship, I ask, O Lord, that you would bless this time of offering, that you would bless these gifts and the givers alike. Lord, bring glory to your name through all that takes place in this time of offering. We pray this in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen.